words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Good morning, church. Good morning, online audience. God bless you. Thank you for welcoming us into your space this morning. We have a message called, She Loved So Much. And let's start from Psalm 25, verse 14. Psalm 25, verse 14. Uh, from the message version Psalm 25 from verse 14 from the message version it says there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises this is the passion translation let's read this you read from me together okay there's a I'll read and you repeat after me. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God. Where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. One more time. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God. Where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Can we repeat that? Can we say that from the beginning? One, two, go. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Amen. God is found by those who seek him. If you want to know God, you have to want him. The proof of desire is pursuit and the purest and the purest demonstration of pursuit is love. You cannot pursue what you don't really want. You cannot pursue what you don't love. The proof of pursuit is love. If you want to chase anything, you have to love it. If you're chasing something at, as a chore, it doesn't delight you if you are being dragged to any fellowship you don't like it if you are being forced to do anything is no more fun john chapter 4 verse 24 says god is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth if you want to come after god you must love to come after God. You, so there's a whole arrangement of Christianity that is not based on love. It's based on duress. It's based on duty. It's based on this is my work to do in the house of God. God doesn't want it. And so when I try to build a church by love, it becomes hard for many people who are used to the old ways of church, which is duty, this is my job, this is my responsibility. All of these are good to have a sense of duty and have a sense of discipline. But that's not the real motivation for you to come to church on time. That's not the real motivation for you to set your focus on God when you sit at home. That's not the real motivation for you to circumscribe your spiritual time for God. The real motivation must be love. God is love. God is love. God is love. This revelation has not entered the heart of anyone yet. But God is love. God is love. I wish that some people can hear it truly. That God is love. God is love. God is love. God is love. I want to repeat it as many times for you to say it. God is love. God is love. God is love. And while we didn't know him, he loved us. While we didn't want him, he wanted us. While we didn't have an idea what life really was, he loved us. God never wants anyone to pray because of duty, of 
prayer is my job. No. God draws us into prayer. He woos us into prayer because He knows that's the place where He can pour something on the inside of us. He wants you to pray so that He can exchange your weariness for strength. We go to every prayer meeting thinking we're going to die. We leave every prayer meeting excited like, oh my God. And when we declare fast, we go to a fast with trembling hands thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to be without food for the whole day, for two days, for three days, for five days. Next week, it's a whole fast. Not this week. After next Sunday, it's a one-week fast. And guess what? Some of you are going to be afraid already. But guess what? You go with trembling hands. You come full. Do you know, to stand up and come to church, sometimes some people feel like, oh my God, what's going to happen? There's a sense of fear and panic. Guess what? You go afraid. You come back full. You go afraid. You come back full. Why? God is love. God is love. Who touches God knows love. Who knows God knows love. Who stays in God stays in love. Who comes in fellowship with God understands the love of God. God is love. God is not duty. God is not evil. God is not stress. God is not commandment. God is not a set of rules you must keep. God is love. God is love. Behold the love of God. Hashandi meridustama hayakushe kabali krastama. Oh, this is the redemptive intent. This is the idea in the heart of God that brought him down to come and save mankind. So let's begin reading today from Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, 23. To 35. It's going to be quite some read. So get your Bible, get your marker if you can. Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who went to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's like millions of naira. Millions, actually, millions of dollars. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had. So the man will be sold as a slave, his wife and his children, so that payment will be made. The servant fell before the master. Master, he said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. What did the master do? Released him, forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his other fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. More like you're owing millions of dollars. The person who is owing you owe you a few hundred naira. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. But he would not. He went and threw him in prison till he could pay the debt. So when his other fellow servants saw what he had done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt that you have begged me, because you begged me. Should you also not have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers, until he should pay all that was due to him. Jesus said, So my heavenly Father will do to you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass. This was a teaching of Jesus Christ. It's a clear story. One servant owed a lot of money in millions of dollars, couldn't pay, came and begged the master. Master released that servant. 
somebody else was owing him a few hundred dollars, went to beg him and say, the guy said, never. Grabbed him, threw him in prison. Everybody who saw this, he went to tell the big boss. Big boss remembered, this guy I forgave, couldn't forgive. Do you recognize some people like that in the church of Christ? Forgiving so much by God, they can't forgive others. Once they see someone who is living in sin, they can't handle it. Once they see someone who is not righteous like them, all of a sudden judgment jumps out of them. They can't handle people who are not righteous. They can't forgive. They can't show mercy. They can't give love. How could a servant who so generously was forgiven and now cannot forgive? Here God, sent, God shows us the kind of heart as believers. In this first account, if you are truly a believer, this is the kind of heart you should have. Knowing that you've been forgiven much, you also should forgive. I don't know what people may have done to you. Taking your money, run away, taking you for a fool, distressed you. It's clear what the biblical standard is here. Forgive. 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 I don't know who this is for, but you need forgiveness in your life. Pastor, do you know what they've done to me? Do you know how much this man has used my head? Do you know how much this woman has hurt me? Are you asking me to forgive? Yes, I'm asking you to forgive. I know there's a reason why they say, oh, forgiveness is for you to make yourself feel better. No, not just for that. The Bible says, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. If we don't know how to forgive, we will not be forgiven. So God draws us into that place where forgiveness will flow out of us. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36. We're going to have another long read up to verse 47. How can it be that my Lord will not count my sin against me? How can it be that my Lord would stay with me in every season? How can it be that the Lord Who wash me, make me new again? How can it be that my Lord will open up space in his heart for me? How can it be that my Lord will welcome me into his presence? will welcome me into his courts how can it be that my lord will reckon my sins forgiven 
will reckon my heart his own will reckon me restored 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 will work on me we welcome me into his courts. We'll reckon me restored. We'll welcome me into his presence. How can it be that my Lord will reckon me restored? Restore again. Some of you, you need to know how to woo the atmosphere of the presence of God. Some of you, you need to know how not to be a guy, how to feel. Some guys here, you need to leave that mature thing aside and enter into the place where your heart really becomes the bride of Christ. Do you know Jesus calls us the bride of Christ? I don't know. So those of you who have been married, there are times when you are just in disagreement unnecessarily with your spouse. I don't know whether any married person here has experienced that. Have you experienced that? just for no reason something stands up between you and your husband or your wife and you begin the entreaty oh my god you need to hear my lyrics why would you allow yourself to be angry with me you see I'm not saying you're angry with me I say you allow yourself to be angry with me I'm not a perfect man. You know I have my flaws. It is God who is helping me. Let mercy find space in your heart. Let your heart be tender towards me. I'm just a broken vessel. Have mercy on me, Hadiza. You have to know how to woo. Many marriages break because there is no wooing. It is actually a quality of worship where we know how to come before God. How we have the way of ascents into the court of the living God. Why are you so angry with me, my God? Didn't you make me as dust, as flesh and blood? Can't you see that I'm trying and every try I make is broken? Can't you see that every effort I put to come towards you is falling apart? So my God, I beg you, do not lay this sin to my account. Do not treat me according to what I deserve. Have mercy on me, oh God, according to your loving kindness. Transform my heart, oh God, according to your tender mercies. Have mercy on me, oh God. This is about wooing. You need to know how to unlock the spiritual. If you come and you're dry in the hour of prayer, you have a wood. If you don't know how to have access to the spirit realm, you don't know how. God reckons you as his bride and your words speak to how ready you are, how desirous you are, how humble you are how willing you are to attend to his presence 
and to reach into his courts. Any worshippers here this morning, just wave unto the Lord. You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. 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 You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. You reckon me restored. How willing the master is to draw you in if you are only willing to run after him. Hashi, Hashi. This message is actually just a hard cry from me. I don't know whether you guys are hearing me at all. Luke chapter 7 verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there. <laughs> the Bible is wicked. The Bible says she was an what? Immoral. Is that the translation you have on the screen? When a certain immoral woman. Verse 37. Oh, a woman who was a sinner. Which translation is this I have? Oh, when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there. Maybe it's the NIV. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. And she knelt before him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell to his, on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee, the most pious people, who had invited him saw this he said to himself if this man were a prophet he would know what kind of woman is touching him she's a sinner then Jesus answered his thoughts Simon he said to the Pharisee I have something to say to you he said go ahead teacher Simon replied then Jesus told this story a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to another. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose love him more after that? Simon, Simon said, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But when, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped my feet with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins that are many have been forgiven. For she has shown me much love. But a person who forgives little shows only a little. She loved so much. This was the story of Mary of Magdala. In the video when we watched, it was a time of deliverance. It was a time 
when Jesus came to meet her in her broken state. It was a time when Jesus came and worked a miracle in her life. But there was more. She came back with gratitude. She came back because she knew where she could have been. Let this message be louder than the online audience. Let this message be louder than the people who sit here. Let this message be louder than this hall. Let it be sent everywhere to herald the love and redemption that Abba wants to bring upon the earth. Let this message declare the love of God in city centers. Let this message be the love of God in village squares. Let this message go far and wide. Let it be like I am printing my voice on the atmosphere for everyone everywhere who cares to listen, for everyone who watched this at any point in time. Let the love of God go far and wide. Let the decree for the grace of God stretch out beyond your boundaries. Let God be love to all the earth. There's a Muslim man who is praying to Allah this moment and asking Allah, please, if you can show me the way. I don't know whether I'm serving the right God. There's a Muslim man right now praying and you may come across this video at some point in time. You're asking, is Allah the way? Let the love of God find you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a drunken man who everybody calls a tramp. They know your habits and they know your limitations. They say this is the end of you. Let the love of God find you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a lady deceived and is into a situation ship. She's five years in deep into a marriage. She knows it's not really a marriage. You're in a deep mess. And the hurt breaks your heart. You feel you've lost your beauty and lost your usual alertness, your bright eyes. You feel you've lost it all. I speak this message to say there is hope for you. There's a woman here who your husband is known in the city for his affairs. Oh, she, you prayed over him and you prayed over him. And God is speaking now over you, over you with his power and he's saying to you, receive, receive, receive my love. For my love is bigger than the love of man. Can it not fill your heart that I love you? I love you. I love you. There's someone here who has been waiting for a relationship. You waited so long and right now you're in disillusion. God, when will a husband come for me? When will someone who is my own, who will love me, come for me? God says, I should tell you this morning that he is your lover, first of all. He is the lover of your soul. He will satisfy you. He will fill you with what even married people don't have. He will give you something extraordinary while you wait. And the right man is still coming. I hear that for someone this morning, the right man is still coming. Is he still coming? He's still coming. There's someone messed up who is watching this video and you're asking God for a second chance. You said, I've squandered everything. You said, I've lost it all. You said, nothing is working. Today, I speak the grace of God over your life. I speak the love of God into your situation. I speak the mercy of God upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the revival fire of love begin to burn. 
Let the wisdom of God begin to come over cities. Let the fire of God begin to burn. Let the taverns empty out. Let the beer bottles be empty in the evening in the city of Lagos. Let Lekki receive a revival. Let Victoria Island receive a revival. Let Ikoyu receive a revival. Let Yaba receive a revival. Let Mainland receive a revival. Let Okoko receive a revival. The first time, Akonjo. Let Lagos receive a revival. Ikeja, Ekman. Let Lagos receive a revival. Let Nigeria receive a revival of love. Let the palaces receive a revival. Let the slums receive a revival of love. Let the grace of God go into every place where human beings are bent over, where human beings are crouched over. And let the grace of God begin to prophesy a release, a release, a release of the love of God. Let there be love. Let there be love that breaks the chains. For all the fires of hell, God doesn't want anyone to come to him because they are afraid of hell. God wants you to come to him because you love him. Because you love him. Because you love him. Because you love him. God is not looking for slaves or robots. He's holding out to make us sons and daughters who love him. God is waiting for us to increase our redemption quotient in the church. God is opening us the possibility that we have more love to give, more redemption to offer, more hope to birth. Those who can stay in love and plumb the depths of the Father's love will carry his chalice in the last days. After Mary Magdalene's account, the Catholic Church made up the legend of the chalice where Mary Magdalene has a special chalice that was lost. And the kings in Europe began to look for the chalice of Mary of Magdala. And they began to look for the chalice of Mary of Magdalene. There's no Mary of Magdala chalice. This chalice is now in the hearts of all lovers of God. You have like a crown. You have like a vessel. You have like something he's handed down to you if you're truly a lover of God. There's a chalice in your hands, like a vessel where you can hold the love of God. And wherever you go, you have precious ointment to pour. Wherever you go, you have healing oil to give. It doesn't matter what brokenness you've gone through. That brokenness is not your name. You are a healer. Say it. I am a healer. Say it again. One more time. started learning how to love love is the greatest of all God is love you know this week when I was thinking about this message one day I was on whatsapp stories and I saw Pastor Aiti talking about Shunem, the lady from Shunem I found it so interesting, so I reclined on my bed. Says, <laughs> going through the story. The lady from Shunem, who was besotted by Solomon, and her love was awakened. And in the middle of the night, her lover came, and she said, "Oh, I'm so tired." 
Adisa used to do that to me a lot. You know how you go and visit the lady you're dating? It's like, see you finish. And when they see you finish, you say, should I come? Well, you can do what you like. And you go, so oh, I'm going to the shower, they're going to shower, when they finish, they go somewhere else. Just leave you there, waiting. After a while, you live quietly. It was as if you were never there. If that happens to you a few times, and all of a sudden, the person is used to you always being there. They wave their hand. They wist not that you have departed. They wave their hand again. You know how women who are dating always used to have a bottom box boyfriend. They're busy considering all the other ones, but there's the one they know that doesn't move. He's on fire for them. They are not quite sure he's the one they want. They keep him in the bottom box. Then they start looking at every sparrow that passes. Ah, nice one. Ah, Wow, handsome guy. So, so wise, so intellectual. I like him. He's so sapiosexual. <laughs> he fills my mind's understanding for a need for a man. And so I'm so built and so buffed. Ah. <laughs> Not like this one who is liking me, just... Irritating. <laughs> Until one day, this is the one who used to use his last 5k, buy a box of ice cream. A guy who use 10k and buy cake, deliver the cake and trek back home because there's no change. Meanwhile, there's another one for who you are an option. He'll send this car to come and take you sometimes. Sometimes when you call him, he won't answer. He's busy. You go to his office, see another girl. You say, well, I can't judge him because uh, maybe, maybe his colleague, why would I just see another girl and then now start feeling jealous? The one who is devoted and ready to die for you. You put him as bottom box. Maybe one day. Then you wake up one day to wake up love. And love has gone. <laughs> Can I tell you, we all know how to love. We just don't know that God loves like that. We all know how to be besotted. We just don't know that God is besotted. That nature of love for a man, for a woman, is actually something that God created between us and him. Don't you see that some of the love we give to human beings, human beings don't even deserve it. Sometimes I withdraw my love from men and I pour it out to God like perfume. Because he deserves all the love I have. All the way I want to feel. All how I want to be treated. All how I want to be honored. Men can get it. So I give it to him alone who deserves my love. Do you know what he has done in me? Do you know what he has done for me? Do you know where he's taking me out of? Do you know the miracles he's done in my life? Do you know the things he's freed me from? Do you know where he's taken me from? Do you know the scenarios in my life that he has freed me from? If you know, you won't be folding your hands like this. You'll be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone grateful this morning? Is there anyone who 
love Thanksgiving this morning because of who God has been in your lives. There's a sacred place for all the lovers of God where He gives revelation secrets to those who love Him. Hallelujah. I remember when I was five, five, six. And my dad, see my voice is loud. My dad is like four times this volume. This being a boy playing around the carpenter's table. And on top of the carpenter's table, you know that two lane table that, that has a hole in the middle that you used to tie both things and mortise wood. So I was playing around the carpenter's table. I just heard from the back of my head, Moses, that's my dad's voice. I panicked because of course, five-year-olds not supposed to be on the carpenter's table. You know what I mean? I panicked and I fell. I just heard crack. I broke my hip. And they took me to the hospital. And they put POP and cast. After a while, they opened the cast and discovered that they never set the bone. If you don't set the bone, why are you putting cast? So the, the wound grew abscess. And they were saying, they're going to amputate me. Just six years old. They were going to amputate me. And my mom cried. I said, they're not going to amputate my son. She took me from the hospital with my head, leg hanging limb. Took me to a traditional bone setter. The guy. He said, oh, where has this boy been? Hospital. Oh, that's how they would have broken this boy's life. So the bone setter said. Use leaves, press it. As I was pressing it, boils and worms were coming out. You had the grown worms, you had the grown abscess. Pressed it, pressed it. After pressing it a while, that's the, my mom was telling me this story. Draining it all out. The man held the two bones and this, she said she heard a big sound like gum. The next day, I started walking again. So guess who wouldn't have had one leg? So when I jump to praise God, some of you don't understand. I love him much because of what he has done for me. I wouldn't have even known. I would have just grown up a paralytic somewhere. If you know the journey of my life, let me tell you just a little bit. The next year, my father was transferred as a missionary pastor to a small town called Kasina Allah, where we started a church. And I remember my uncle Micah, my late brother Emmanuel, and myself were the only three people who went with my dad. We went on the back of a 911. You know, how I many of you know 911? Gongoro into the house the one that brings fruits to Lagos that type we went as missionaries on the back to another town to go and start a missionary work in that town I couldn't I came from the village so I couldn't speak any words of English I walked up the teacher after a few days of roll call and said to the teacher Denyinyamme Teacher called T people. Nobody knew what Daniel means. Called Idoma people. They didn't know what it means. Called Igbo people. Teacher called all the tribes. It's like, this teacher is not smart. Doesn't know my language. <laughs> the next day, I went home that night and asked my dad, how do you say, write my name in, in English? I was already seven years old, couldn't pronounce a sentence in English. 
I went, walked up to school next day confidently in my blue and white shorts. Write my name. It was the first English sentence I learned. And the journey from that into Abutu Commercial Grammar School, Mbasho Ute, in Vandikia Local Government. Where I did most of my secondary school before I graduated, went to the to the the bushes of them all years Ikachi. And to stand up from there and journey all the way here. Where Harvard MBAs don't hold a candle to me. Where people listen to my ideas and say, you are too intellectual. The boy who couldn't write his name at seven. I know why I praise God. I know why I'm wild. I know who took me out of nothing. Guess what? People like me don't stand in front of people. We sell rabbits on the road. I could have done well selling rabbits in Ekbe Expressway, selling fish by the hook. I would have been very happy and I would have still been a happy person. Some of you feel too entitled. That's why you don't know how to be grateful. Some of you want your life to be perfect. You think like you deserve it. That's why you don't know how to be thankful. When you know where the Lord brought you from. When you know the miracle is done in your life. When you know the, the reputation loss is saved you from. When you know what man would have been calling you now. When you know what God redeemed you from. A sense of gratitude fills your spirit. A sense of love fills your spirit. That's what happened to Mary Magdalene. She was called Lilith. Full of demons. She was called a possessed one. Drunken men came to tempt her at the tavern. Broken men felt they could have sex with her anytime. Hurting men thought they could be with her. And everything she had, she poured into a box of perfume. Everything she worked for, she bought into that box of perfume. Everything she owned, she put into that box of perfume. It was her treasure. It was her all. But there came a man who knew her story. There came a man who knew her journey. There came a man who knew her pain. And the man did not call her Lilith. He called her the name she was given at birth. He called her the name that God gave her in heaven. Mary of Magdala. When was the last time you heard your real name? People call you the name of your problems. The crippled one, the harlot one, the one who slept with a man, the one who slept with a woman, the adulterer man, the broken man, the drug addict. That's the name they call you. But there is another name for you. another name for you it was the name the Lord gave you it was your original name Ashendusa Lamaru Kasaya Deimo Shekabalira Hey Salambrinoshtaku Masai there is another name for you there's another name for you he knows your name you reckon me restored you reckon me restored 
reckon me restored you reckon me restored how could I be forgiven you knew all my sins were before you how could I be the one who stands with chalice of grace how could I be the one who stands before your people you reckon me restored 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 you reckon me redeemed you reckon me restored I'm made new sometimes in Africa we have very broken image of God because we're used to slaps and hard knocks so we think that except Christianity involves slap and hard knock we're not doing it right we're used to abuse in relationship where you go into a relationship, the person is using you, taking you, drinking your money, using you. So when someone comes who really loves us, we don't know. We think it's the same. Sometimes we are so long and so hard under your old taskmaster, you don't see the newness of what the new season is offering you. We're used to bad leaders. So we don't expect much from leadership. God is inviting you this morning to the purest of love. Love. It says, everything I want to do is love. I don't want anyone to worship in this church except their love. I don't want anyone to be in any department except their love. So, if you come and meet me at once and say, I want to leave something, I'll tell you. I'll give you a hug and say thank you for all done so far. So guess what that happens in the church? Everything looks haphazard because there are no committed people carrying units everybody feels is optional but the day you receive revelation of love you look for something to do you look for something to lift because she who was forgiven much she gave so much more God is not done yet <laughs> for those of you who think he's done he's not done yet He's not done healing your body. He's not done rewriting your story. He's not done bringing you to a new place. Don't doubt. Give him your heart. He is calling you so you can have a new kind of love. Pure love unashamed. Do you know, if I was wooing people after the same old manner of religious wooing, this church would be full at any time. But I'm drawing people by revelation. I want you to know God. I want you to want Him. I want you to desire Him. I want you to him, yourself come into the revelation of the fact that God loves you. He's working on you. See, the problems of many people is how will God run the world? How will Muslims give their life to Christ? How will uh, Buddhists enter the kingdom of God? How will, how will pain end in the world? How will God handle poverty in the world? What of the atheists who don't believe in God? What of the self-righteous? Many people's problems, these are the questions they are asking. What about it? Do you want to teach God what to do about these problems? Or do you want to just love Him? I choose to just love God in spite of the questions in spite of the confusion i choose to love god why 
I can see His work in my life. Can you see His work in your life? Can you see His Word in your spirit? Can you see what God is doing in your heart? Once you begin to see what God is doing in your heart, you can now choose to to love God. You can choose to love God. Say Amen. I know you're looking for many things. I know you're looking for many things to be perfect in your world and in your life. Let me round up here. But I can tell you what you're looking for. All you're looking for is the Father's love. This message doesn't look like a fiery message, but let me tell you, any message cannot be bigger than this message. It's the message that you were redeemed by love. Love. You didn't deserve it. You didn't want it. He came to you before you were looking for him. This is the biggest message of all. And this lady, because of how broken and where she was coming from, she could receive the love of God. And she could pour back love. In that home, that Pharisee man, in another story, was called Simon the leper. In the, in the story in the book of Mark and another child, he was called a leper actually. Him, a leprous man healed, is the one who is judging the woman. There's a sense in which sexual sin becomes the biggest sin in the world. If your sin is sexual, everybody will be judging you. But look at the leper judging the sexual addict. Which one is better than which one? They looked at Jesus and said, if this man is really a man of God, he should see what he's doing. He should see what he's doing. It's not Mary Magdalene. She slept with the last man she met. She's evil. She makes men fall. Jesus said, allow her. In another translation, he said, she has anointed my feet for burial. And he said, wherever the gospel is preached, her name will be mentioned. She was there when Jesus died. Guess one of the three women to see Jesus Christ when he resurrected. Mary of Magdala. The one who is forgiven much. Loves much, much. Much more. She loved so much. Are there any lovers of God here this morning? I can see some people who love God so much. Are there any lovers of God this morning? Are there any people here who love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Says, Lord, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the psalm is saying, Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? Oh, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is our frame that you continue to have mercy on us? So many of us don't even pay you any attention. So many of us don't even pay you any respect. So many of us don't even have your time. Yet you continue to love us. Yet you continue to woo us. Yet you continue to draw us in. Father, today we come to declare that we love you, Lord. We love you, our God. And we worship you, almighty God. Receive our love. Receive our heart. Receive our worship. Anyone who will embrace their salvation is the one who will embrace the love of God. The love of God is the most beautiful thing ever. For all the fires of hell, God never wants anyone to repent because of hell fire. For all the fires of hell is not the reason God wants us to come back. If there was no hell fire, will you still love God? If there was no punishment, will you still love God? If there was no destruction of the wicked, would you still love God? That is the real litmus test of love. And I will love the Lord. And even if there was no God at the end of this thing, guess what? I've lived a beautiful life. <laughs> we all know there is God. But if, even if there was no God at the end of this, my journey, this is the best life ever. A life of hope, 
a life of power, a life of restoration, a life of belief, a life of strength. Let's say I reach the end of my life and there was no hell or heaven at the end. I have lived the best life on earth. I have lived a life that is not born, bound by weather, bound by fear, bound by situations and circumstances, bound by the voices of men. I have lived a life that is not chained down. I have lived the most loving life ever. I invite some of you this morning to another life. I invite you to a place where you can woo the courts of the living God. I invite you to a place where you can hear the conversations in the holy place. I invite you to a place where you can walk in power and walk in life. And all of this is love. God is love. And anyone who comes to God must love indeed. For in this the love of God is made manifest. So that when we appear before him we are without offense in the day of his manifestation do you love the Lord do you love the Lord I want an answer do you love the Lord do you love the Lord then shout it out I love you Lord let it be that because he's done so much for you you can lift your hands in praise you've done so much for me I cannot tell it all. If I have ten thousand tongues, it still will be enough. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.